Warning, this podcast is solely based on smut books. The definition of smut is a story that includes one or more sexually explicit scenes. This is a warning for all listeners to proceed with caution. There will be explicit content, sex talk, and triggering subjects. We will provide a trigger warning before each episode. This podcast is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, smut sluts. So this episode ended up being a two-hour episode. (laughs) We just can't stop talking about it. It's fine. So we have decided that we're going to do a part one and a part two. So surprise, we're going to be releasing this review on Liar Weekly since we're doing part one and part two. So don't worry. We're not going to make you wait two weeks for part two. It will be releasing next week. So we hope you enjoy part one. And thank you guys. Hey, Smut Sluts. We're your hosts. I'm Tisha. And I'm Corey. And welcome back to our podcast. So today we are doing the second book in the Madison Kate series. It's Liar by Tate James. And my God, are we going to get into it? Oh, yes. This is going to be a good one. I'm excited. I think these are probably like one of my top books. Oh my gosh. This whole series and then the Hades series as well. I don't know why I put it off for so long. I was trying to fucking tell you. (laughs) I think it was the RH that scared me because I was like multiple dicks uh i can handle like a two a twosome like yep. a, a couple <laughs> threesome oh. jesus christ i need my coffee to get in my system too anywho yeah i think it was just having multiple love interests because yeah. of that but holy hell i love it it's so good Ugh. okay so it is a reverse harem a contemporary romance enemies to lovers a stalker romance mystery and a college romance yes and i think the trigger warnings are going to be the same as the first one there's murder there's violence there's some drugging yeah like date date rape Real yeah. hip, no. Is that how you say it? <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever seen the Human Centipede, the movie? No. Oh, you want to get it then? Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll just leave it at that, I guess. Cause, uh... All right. Let's jump into the synopsis. Okay. So the last book ended by MK being stabbed. Yes. In The Laughing Clown, surrounded by the guys. And she was scared shitless because she thought that it was the guys that had stabbed her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh my gosh, I've been living with these guys that I thought I trusted. And so this is where we're picking up from. My thing keeps hitting my thing. Mine does too. I'm like, let's move it. I copied you. Okay. Copy it. Okay, so the first chapter in this book it is in Cody's perspective, and it's been two weeks since they've seen MK, and she was absolutely terrified of them. She's supposed to be discharged from the hospital that day, but they hadn't seen or heard from her, and um, they're wondering where the fuck she is, because every time they try to go to the hospital, she'd freak out, and so they just didn't go and visit her very often. Mm-hmm. Um, she woke up a week later, and she was like screaming when she saw them, and she said that they were the ones that attacked her, and they've been cleared by the cops, though. They obviously went in for questioning and stuff if she's making those accusations and um they were cleared so they know the cops know that they were not involved um steel has been refusing to compose as a self-punishment they're just down and it's kind of sad it is really sad oh boys come on um archer had his debut fight and he lost because she was in the hospital and his mind just wasn't in it so at this point arch is like okay i'm gonna call the hospital and they tell him that MK had discharged early three days ago and they are like, where the fuck is she? And of course, Archer's like, I will find her. Like, yeah, so uh, you two could stop fucking <laughs> sulking and I'll fucking get her. Um, so MK had been picked up by an Uber and they're all pissed off and worried and they say she wasn't coming home, not if she had any choice in the matter. We'd simply have to take her choice away. After all, we could do that, or Archer could. And that's kind of, like, cryptic to me, that mm-hmm. line. And so I was just like, what does that mean? You know, when we first read this, we didn't pick up on half the shit. And then you reread them after you've read MK and Hades, and you pick up on so much yeah, more. Yeah, it's crazy how much these worlds, like, intertwine. Yeah. And, like, just the shit that they say once you find out, like, the big twists and stuff, you're like, oh. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. All right. So then we switch back to Madison Kate's point of view. Um, and Madison Kate discharged again three days before. And she's using Bree's credit cards because she doesn't want the boys to find them. She find her. And she's buying everything. She's keeping ledgers of what she owes people, but she doesn't want to fucking talk to them. So, um, MK is standing outside of a rundown bar. And Brie, this is when Brie calls her, telling her that the boys have showed up looking for her. Mm-hmm. But she's trying... This is why MK won't tell her, because Brie's too much of a hussy to... <laughs> she's like, they have nice bodies they, i'll tell them anything they showed me their nipples <laughs> nipples <laughs> okay anyways did you just stroll i did i totally I did the- <laughs> oh how could you not drool thinking about those three i know they're fictional characters but come uh, on so we find out that mk was visiting a person from her past and it just happens to be zane Dath. Is that how we decided to say it? I think it's death, yeah. Okay. That's how they say it in the audiobooks. So. Yeah. They're kind of hard. Yeah. Because it, I just, it's hard when you say it your way and then you hear it that way and you're like, have I been saying it wrong this whole fucking time? <laughs> <laughs> so she goes into the bar because she wants questions. She knows that Zane will tell her what's going on. And his, I think it's, is Skunk one of the gang members or is he third in command? Because he's not there I yet. I think he's in the gang like kind of like a prospect type thing okay so skunk is there and skunk is also the one that steal no archer cut with the butterfly Mm -hmm. butterfly knife um so zane pulls out his butterfly knife and they start kind of pairing it am i missing anything there i'm like i think that's pretty much it um with the start of it (laughs) yeah so it's i kind of wrote down some of the conversation because it's like she went and fucking saw Zane, like the guy that she is absolutely terrified of yeah. and on his turf too. And it's like her lady balls. Have yeah, dropped. yeah. Yeah. So the bartender brings her back into the room and the Reapers and a bunch of girls are back there. And Zane's like, seems like a real stupid move for a girl with your connections. And she's like, if you mean the fact that your brother's living in my house, I have no control over that matter. I tried to get rid of him and he wouldn't go. And he's like your house. And so they, kind of banter back and forth and he's like seeing as you're clearly so deep in the dark you couldn't find your own cunt and I was just I like know. oh my gosh he's an ass he is dude. an ass so they Must start in the family right sorry <laughs> <laughs> so skunk has two casts on his legs from when they fucked him up and red scarring across his chest and he's threatening MK for coming into their territory when skunk got fucked up when he went on theirs um so this is when she sees that Zane has the similar knife to Archer okay. and so then she's like okay so she starts asking questions and she's asking him if she, he's her stalker and he laughs and he's like why would I stalk you and he wants or she wants to know that he okay let me start over <laughs> we're shit shows i'm like i guess i didn't write enough detail you can't get your tongue straight <laughs> so she says that she thinks that he is her stalker because it's like his he like gets off on scaring her like on riot yeah. night he was chasing her through the park before the boys saved her and so mm-hmm. she's like okay well why were you chasing me that night if you aren't my stalker right and he's like because it's fun and so this is kind of when we Um, get into a little bit more detail about like backgrounds Mm -hmm. and so he thinks that the stalker and the guy the person that tried to kill her are two different people Mm -hmm. and that they had tried to kill her last year too on riot night and the girl who died it was an attempt to kill her because they thought that was her right and so he tells her not to come onto their territory again without being invited and he orders Cass oh daddy Cass dude (laughs) he to me I think out of this, we'll get into it when we talk about Hades, obviously, Mm -hmm. because he's a big part of Hades. That him and Archer, dude, I would totally go to Pound Town for like (laughs) two months straight with those two, and I would be just fine. You'd come to work and you wouldn't be able to walk, you'd be in a fucking wheelchair. I would be okay with it. I'd be like, Tisha, you gotta pull me around. I got some good dick last night in both holes. I won't take you to the bathroom, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I might be leaking inside. Okay, I'm gonna shut the fuck up because I'm turning red and now my coffee's hitting. So go ahead. Oh my gosh. Okay, so. (laughs) Okay, so. 
Cass drives her back to the hotel that she's staying on, on his Harley. Oh. And of course, who's waiting for her? Archer. Yummy. <laughs> He's like, you're in big trouble, Princess Danvers. That was like the most perfect mimic of him. Oh, thank you. I've been working on it. <laughs> okay, so the next chapter. MK goes back to the house with the boys. Um, so she doesn't have to stay in the hotel room with Archer because mm-hmm. she's like, fuck that. Yeah. And she kind of wishes that it was like Steeler Cody that found her and not Archer. Right. And so he wants to know why the fuck she went to go see Zane. And she's like, I'm sick of being lied to and I want to get answers because obviously I'm not getting them from you. Mm-hmm. And he's blaming Zane for manipulating her. And he's like, you do realize that when you go there, you think that you're getting answers, but he's actually asking the questions back to get answers for himself. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, um, she said that he had told her that, oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? Where are you at? What's going on? <laughs> so so right she saw <laughs> Zane's knife and she realized it was similar to Arch. So she's like, okay, where the fuck are you guys getting these knives? And he said that each blade is handmade and it's unique. And so there's no way that the guy that had stabbed her at the Laughing Clown has the same Mm -hmm. knife as them. And she's like, no, I saw it. And he's like, it may have been similar, but it wasn't the same. And the guy that had made the the knives, they were always gifts and he had to earn them, but he was dead. And so this is when we find out it was his grand... What? (laughs) A knife. (laughs) A knife. You, you didn't come out right. I was a just knife. like, I was trying so hard. Well, it's <laughs> you don't know what a knife is? Come on. A knife. A knife. Oh, that's what I'm going to start saying is a knife. So we uh, learned that it's his grandfather, Percival mm-hmm. Death, and um, he's the one that used to make the knives. Yep. Um, of course, they fight like they always do. Archer <sighs> and MK, they literally never stop fighting until they finally fuck. Right. <laughs> and then they still kind of fight after. But that's like their foreplay uh-huh. that's what gets those two in the mood mm-hmm. so when we're building up so much sexual tension between these two it's literally going to be like a bomb went off when they ha- when they fuck for uh-huh. the first time and and you wait for so fucking long Corey. i remember when you were reading these books she's <laughs> like she's like when are they gonna fuck are they gonna fuck yet and i'm like nope she's like it doesn't happen in the first book i'm like nope she's like it doesn't happen in the second book i'm like nope she's like what the fuck <laughs> i was so pissed because i just wanted th- i knew the sex between these two is going to be so good because of the sexual tension the banter and the fighting between them but i oh it was bad it was just like a pool of puddle underneath me while i read the third book i'm just like okay consistently wet the whole book it's fine we chirp the whole time it's fine, it's fine. Chirp, chirp, chirp. Yep. so archer doesn't trust her so she goes up to her bedroom without seeing anybody mm-hmm. and her room's painted it's not I pink anymore it. yes and so she's like oh and so there's a. They also installed a window covering to block out anybody from seeing inside because her stalker had been taking pictures of her fucking steel in there. And so yeah. they were looking out for her safety. So she tells, or she texts Brie and tells her that she's home so Brie knows where she's at and goes to sleep. Of course, she has nightmares though. Yes. So she wakes up from a nightmare, gets in the shower, and this is when we kind of learn the scar on her stomach. She has the scar. It's still a little bit tender when she moves too fast from being stabbed. So she goes downstairs, and she heard Cody yelling at Archer in the gym. And Cody sees MK and gets so fucking excited, like a little kid in a candy store, and grabbing her and hugging her. And going into the kitchen, steals there, and he was taken by surprise and spills his the milk because I think he didn't he drop it. Uh-huh. Yeah, he drops it like he sees a ghost. <laughs> but he's trying to use her espresso machine because the other coffee shit. And they've had the good <laughs> shit now, so there's no going back. So she goes and makes the coffee. Still thanks her and literally walks away. Mm-hmm. And Archer walked in saying. Um, See, everything's all fucked up, but it's going to go back to normal. But she, he also throws it. That deals over her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what a cunt. Like, I <laughs> love him. Fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> um, so MK was pissed. And Cody asked what was all of that about, like, telling... And she tells Cody what Archer said. And Cody laughed. And he's, like, calling Archer an idiot, saying still isn't over her. Asking um, if it's been mentioned that they like to play games. And to that he is uh, creating a game with MK to see if they can call Archer's bluff. 
she, he asked MK on a date and get time with her, but he's asking MK to be his girlfriend. MK said, I'll be your fake girlfriend. So they come up with this deal to <laughs> fuck with the other two boys and it's fucking awesome. I will tell you my love for Cody in this book grew. Um, Cody kissed her and it, oh, they're like so swoon worthy. Like mm-hmm. when she describes the kisses between the guys, it's just like, Wow. I also love the references that she makes to, I'm going to store that in my mental spank bank. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, let's see. Cody asked her a favor to go and talk with Still. She agrees to go talk to him. Going to Still's room. And they. she explains, like, the last time she saw him, she just got stabbed. Mm-hmm. And walking away with what Archer said, like, he, because Still didn't really say anything. He kind of just was like, whatever, like, it's fine, you know? So she threw back, like, well, I guess what Archer said was true. And he was like, what did you just say? Mm-hmm. And pulls her in his room and shuts the door. And um, he got pissed off because he's like, he is pissed because MK's always running. Like, mm-hmm. she doesn't ever let them take care of her. But on the other hand, they're lying to her. So it's like, why yeah. would you let her? She's you know? an independent woman that don't need no man. Yeah. And <laughs> still was saying she needs to stop running because she's scared. She almost got killed on Halloween, which is right at night. Right? Is that what? Right at night is the first time. Damn it. It's okay. I did the same thing. But it was the anniversary of right at night yeah. when she got attacked. That's but right. it was Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he goes, one thing, Hellcat, is that I'm... <laughs> He's not over her. And then he just kisses her and they just have like the best talk and get back into mm-hmm. like them. I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um he did say that they're not okay and that he needs some times to that get over this. That broke my heart. I know this whole thing because he explained to her that three years ago his twin sister Rachel was on her way to see him play the piano and she got into a car accident. Or she got into the car upset, crashing, and not making it out. Mm-hmm. And he told MK that he's that they've been keeping secrets from her and she's making bad decisions because there is no trust. Yeah. Which is the truth. That's the hardest thing to deal with it. And this is when they're leaving for school. This is their first day back at SGU. Uh-huh. Yeah. And as they left to school, Cody drops the bomb <laughs> that him and MK are dating. Like, <laughs> here we and go, bitches. Steals like the fuck mm-hmm. i love it i love their banter i know but of course the, on the way to school cody explains it that it's just like aroused to piss archer off and still is like oh my god yes i am on board that is right. fucking funny um and so they promise her that they're gonna find whoever attacked her and she says a therapist would have a field day with her attraction to these three because <laughs> yeah. it's so fucked up <laughs> So MK kisses Steele after their little sweet talk and Cody walks her to class Um, and she meets up with Brie at lunch and Brie asks her how her meeting went and she told her that it was with an old family friend because she hadn't told her that she was going to see Zane Death. She Mm -hmm. had just said, I have a meeting with an old friend. And so she's like, oh, like it it was good. (laughs) And so... um, she loads her plate oh. up with sweets to piss Cody off because he's like a trainer. He's like a health nut. And uh-huh. so she's like, I'm going to piss him off because she likes the conflict. And he's like, no, babe, eat what you want. Like, I don't give a shit. And so um, Bree and MK go to sit by themselves. And Cody's like, come sit over here. And they're surrounded by girls like they always are, including the girl that spilled yes. the orange juice so, all over her. Oh, and she's bitch. like, nope, I'm not going over there until all of the girls are gone and so he makes them all fuck off (laughs) scene i was like go cody oh my gosh it's so funny so archer looks pissed off and the girl tries to slap cody and he's just laughing you know he's like Mm -hmm. okay fuck off so cody makes mk sit in her lap and arch is like seriously and he's like oh you didn't tell or still tells archer that cody and mk are dating now and he's like in disbelief he's like what yeah (laughs) gets so mad yep so and when he's pissed off he slides his chair back angrily and it makes mk's backpack fall over and everything falls out and there's an envelope in there with her name on it and she immediately knew it was from her stalker because of that scrawl that he uses to write Mm -hmm. and so um she opens it and it was a photo of MK taken in the SGU parking lot and she was looking at Steele with his hand under her shirt and their eyes were locked in on the back it said mine and all of a sudden there's this loud explosion and it just completely rocked the building and they're like what the fuck and so they immediately jump up and it was 
it was loud, but you could tell it wasn't inside the building. So they run out to the parking lot and Steele's car is on fire and several students were bleeding and screaming from being too close when it went off and still is pissed. Like his car is on fucking fire. Like <laughs> these boys love their fucking cars. Yeah. And so Archer tells him to cool it and still just walks away and MK is like, this is my fault. And Arch is like, yeah, it is. And I'm like, ooh, you fucking I asshole. Know. It's like, dude, you're the biggest douche of this entire series. Seriously. It's a good thing you're good looking, but really. Seriously. So obviously she feels guilty and Cody's yelling at Archer, telling him that she didn't ask to have a stalker. And Arch's car was right next to Seals and it got some damage, but the windows weren't broken, mm-hmm. which was weird. She like noted that. She's like, mm-hmm. how the windows not break? And there was a message across the windshield of his um, car that looked like blood and it said welcome home Madison Kate yeah bomb drop dude I'm so I would never I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say because that's a jinx but (laughs) to have a stalker would be terrifying oh my gosh especially one like this Mm -hmm. you know what I mean I like uh, no if any type of stalker yeah cool like especially when you're in like your safe space and stuff like that like your home or like you're at school or something and you have to like watch your back at all times right like you couldn't be safe anywhere that's it's terrifying. Dead. Yeah. Like, you couldn't even go to the fucking grocery store. <laughs> yeah. It's so scary. See, this is why I don't go anywhere by myself and I have anxiety. <laughs> Hashtag anxiety <laughs> rules. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Bree had to drive him home since the police took Archer's black Corvette Stingray into evidence. I love that you <laughs> wrote it down. <laughs> I did, because they're so nice and, like, just sexy. Like, okay. I love, car- like, the cars like that, so it's like... Oh, it just makes like a man, especially a bad man, better in a book. Like a bad boy. Yeah, it makes me chirp. It's like that's that's my kink is the bad man. I do. Um, I love this part though because MK's like, I'm gonna fucking sit in the passenger seat, mm-hmm. and she's like, when oh, she yeah. turns around and looks at him, she's like, it looks like a sexy sardine tin because <laughs> all three big boys are in the back, like all squished. I wrote that down. <laughs> yes. Um, Archer let her know on the way home that the windows are bulletproof and bombproof. Mm-hmm. Um, she asked why he had them, and he said just in case someone blew up the car next to his. <laughs> <laughs> Bree decided to stay because she wants the gossip on the three guys situation, and that she's freaked out not, not wanting to go home yet, which is understand. Mm-hmm. They grabbed snacks and went back to her room out of the big dick energy. I love it. <laughs> and walking into the house, she hears her father's voice calling her into the formal room and Bree's like peace out bitch I am not staying with Samuel Danvers in the house um she walked into the room and all three boys are seated at the table yep and this is also when she meets Cherry Candy Candy yeah with those CCs (laughs) bitch bitch. um and she introduces herself but it's in a whisper so something's already off with this woman yeah Her father takes control of the conversation um, that has come to his attention that she's been causing issues since she's been home. And MK gets snarky and is like, are you for real right now, dude? Like, it's not my fault I have a fucking stalker. I love it. Um, And he threw the fake porn pictures in her face. (laughs) That she kicked up the boys (laughs) with Archer on the bottom. Um, And MK got pissed and she's like, she didn't even ask to come home when her aunt died. Like, yeah. he forced her home. Yeah. Um, and she's like, "This it was all his fault. The stabbing, the explosion, her mom's murder, because he didn't tell her about her stalker. Yep. And her father said they will be discussing new rules. The Archer, Cody, and Still were concerned with her actions, saying that she's acting out. And that her, st- that the stalker is just a cry for attention. Yeah. Twat. Twat. Um, her father made a comment that he would like to see her check into a river, Riverview Heights for a thorough assessment. But Archer actually steps in and said that he thinks she just needs more rules and boundaries. Her father said that she's not to leave the house without one of the boys. She has to go to school and come home with no Bree and no Dallas. No Bree, Bree, Breezy. <laughs> What's up, Breezy? Okay. <laughs> That's where I'm at today, I guess. Oh, dear Lord. So she went to leave, but Archer told her to sit down. So she did. And her father pretty much put her on house arrest. Mm -hmm. And she tells him, she says, 
I understand the rules you're laying out, Dad, and respectfully, go fuck yourself. Mm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and she doesn't need to live at his house. And her father yelled at her, stating that if she walked out of the house, he will give, have her committed to the ward for mental insta- instability. Is that the right way to put that? Yeah. Sure. Sure. And all three guys just sat there like statues, not yeah. defending her, not trying to come to her defense, nothing. You fucking stand up for your woman. If you want that pussy, you get your ass up there and you stand up for her. <laughs> Do it for it. the pussy. <laughs> pussy. Pussy. Okay. I hate that word. I think that word is, you know how people hate moist? Uh-huh. I hate pussy. I hate like, twat. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you see that? You didn't tell me this whole time. I mean, it's fine. Just oh. don't call me one. No, I would never call you a fucking twat. <laughs> Can I call you a wanker? Yes, all day. I'll take a wanker. Um, anyways, and with them saying nothing, she glares at them all, and Archer said that it's for your own good. Ugh. Yeah. As she walked out, she could hear her still say, was that all really necessary? Her father then comments that she would be better off at River State, and Archer said, we didn't ask your opinion. Hmm. That he should just take his girlfriend on a world cruise. She said she, he said that no, she said that she would. MK realizing that she was drugged with cher- that being cherry. Mm-hmm. She's been on drugs this entire Yeah, because time. she's like so out of it and like yeah. just like, yes, sir, no, sir. Like What's not normal. Complacent? Is yes. that the right word to put? Yes. Okay. Um and MK realized that it hurt more that the boot the boy the boob <laughs> the boy <laughs> The boys didn't do or say anything, and that they were the ones pulling the strings. Mm-hmm. That they, like, their fa- her father worked for them, and it seemed like. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, so did they do this, like, intentionally just to get under my fucking skin? Or, like... Yeah. Yeah. So she goes to her room. Yes. And it's only been a few minutes before someone knocks on her door, and she's like, fuck off. And Cody's like, I just want to talk to you. And she says, or he tells her that she doesn't have the full story. Um, So she opens the door and tells him he's not going to let her in on all of her... What? Opens the door and tells him he's not going to let her in on all of his dark secrets. And she tells him to fuck himself (laughs) and tries to slam the door, but he catches it. And he tells her that they're just trying to keep her safe. And... He tells her that her dad is just a manipulative fuck, and the conversation that she overheard makes it seem like her dad's not the one in charge the boys were. Um, Cody wants her to trust them and keep them safe, so she tells him to go to hell and shoves him out of the room and locks the door, and she just falls on the ground and just starts crying, like, in a ball. And I'm like, oh, MK, come on, sis, you're so strong. Right. Get up. <laughs> Put your lady balls of steel into effect and manhandle this uh-huh. shit. But at the same point... Hearing your own father say the shit that he said. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That would no. fuck you up. I mean, they've yeah. never had a good relationship anyways, but it's right. still like, that's your dad. Like, your mom's dead. That's yeah. literally, like, the only person you have. And you have to live there until you turn 21 to get your trust fund. And so yeah. she's just like, what the fuck am I supposed to do, you know? Stay out of the mental institution because of her asshole of a father. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets ready for bed and lays down, and she has nightmares about being trapped in a mental institution, and she's... Woken up covered in a cold sweat and a strong pair of arms around her. And she tells them to go away, but she's honestly lying to herself. Like, she loves it. Yes. (laughs) Who wouldn't? Right? So she tucks herself into his chest, and she didn't realize it was Archer. Like, he had broken down her goddamn door because she was crying in the middle of the night in her sleep. And he cuddled her. Oh, I didn't turn my sound off my phone. I'm sorry. Anyways. So she tells him that she hates him, but as she's crying, she's still holding on to him. And he tells her that he hates her and that he hates himself. And um, she falls asleep, but when she wakes up, her bed's empty. Yes. So she, but Archer calls her Kate. At, oh, yeah. At that, I, I wrote that yeah. down because I'm like, that's so sweet. his name for her, you mm-hmm. know? Well, oh, wait, no, Dallas calls her Katie, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Castile calls her Hellcat. Cody really says, like, babe, baby girl. Mm-hmm. Like, Cody's the more of the cat names where... Is that right? What they're called? Something like that. Yeah. And then he's Kate. The you pet know. names. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And Kate or princess. He calls her princess a lot, too. That's mostly when he's being a fucking asshole. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so she gets out of bed and gets dressed. And she knew that she hadn't imagined him, imagined him sleeping there because her door was broken open. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, how does that not wake you up, though? I'm sorry. <laughs> 
Because you're terrified in your dreams, so. That's true. Yeah. So he was scared enough about her nightmare that he literally broke her door down. And she, like, feels a little bit sentimental about it. She's like, he's still mm-hmm. a fucking asshole, but that was really cute. Right? <laughs> There's a little, a skosh of a, a notch mm-hmm. to our point to Archer, but. Okay, so. Um... She goes downstairs for breakfast and Cherry was in the kitchen with Archer and she tells him that he better fix her door and she won't be held hostage with the illusion without the illusion of privacy. So Cherry's trying to talk to MK, but she seems nervous and MK Mm kind of pities her. So Cherry tells him the no cherry tells her that the boys are intense but they went through a lot when they were little and they'll do anything to keep her safe from her stalker and at that moment still walks in as cherry's walking out and he tells her that archer is driving her to school today and she's like fuck that and he's like ride with arch or you don't go and so she tries to do calming breaths because she's so pissed off that's what her aunt had kind of taught her in cambodia too is like breathe bitch breathe Yeah. Um, so still says that his car got blown up yesterday and Arch has bulletproof glass. So that's basically her. That's it. Like, that's how she's getting to school from now on because yeah. of the attacks. Yeah. And so she asks him why he has the bulletproof glass and Still's like, you know what? Like, you're going to have to ask him about that. That's not my story to tell, which I love how loyal they are. Mm-hmm. I think it's so cute. Um so she gets ready for school and goes into the garage and Archer's by a black sports car and she says that it matches his soul, yes. <laughs> which I love. <laughs> I know. I love it. I'm like, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they drive to school in silence and when they get there, he says, you're actually kind of adorable when you're a sleep princess, mainly because you're silent. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I'm like, I, they're shitty to each other. They are so, so shitty. So... Then, as the weeks went on, MK ignored the boys, only talking to them as needed. Mm -hmm. She's so pissed. And she wanted to figure out what the fuck was going on. So, her and Brie would go into the library instead of the dining hall. And as they were there one day, Brie commented, they can't keep her locked up forever, aside from making their lives a living hell from withholding her magical, conveted, I think that's what it was, vagina. What else have you been doing to make them break? (laughs) I love Brie. I do, too. Like, and she's like, and asked if she tried to get them to shift gears getting the boys on her side mm-hmm. and mk says like how they're all doing the bros before hoes comments and lifestyle and brie made the comment to use her magical vagina <laughs> <laughs> brie asked if she ever wondered if the boys were actually there to protect her because she's really worried about her and mk said that it will take more than what's happened to take her down brie cried as she remembered what happened to mk and brie said that she can't blame it blame the boys because mk is incredible and that it's no wonder they're all hopelessly in love with her and mk laughed uh uh-huh they're all acting like misogynistic assholes because they're in love it and acting over irrational because of it yeah and i'm just like they're fucking like who comes up with these terms (laughs) (laughs) this is also when she kind of mentions like you can't tell me you haven't dreamed of an rh situation oh yeah (laughs) and there Bree's like why haven't they gotten over her behavior and just spanked her yet (laughs) (laughs) and mk's like just she doesn't understand how they got control of her father that's what she's trying to figure out is they're obviously the ones pulling the strings so how how yeah there's a bigger story above this because samuel danvers doesn't answer to anybody but himself so yeah and Bree stated she's in the best position to find out. Use your magical vagina and get them <laughs> boys to fucking talk. So MK kind of just sat there and was trying, like, putting it all in her head, like, that she would be a dumbass not listening because of her stalker. She, she, and she feels bad because she didn't realize that it hurt Bree at the same sense. Like, maybe the boys really are there to protect her. Mm-hmm. And um, Bree said that she should do it she should just use her shit and go and be like all right bitches let's fucking figure this out answers and mk admits that she's thought about it but could you imagine archer trying to share a woman pretty sure he would struggle to share a burrito or a taco if you catch her drift (laughs) and as she said this she choked realizing that cody was there smiling (laughs) his eyes were full of amusement telling her that archer is pretty good at sharing when the incentive is right 
<laughs> still was just standing there just like whatever looking at his phone Not listening, you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. and Brie or excuse me Cody commented that hanging out with Brie is going against her father's rules and MK bantered back pretty sure you want to stop being a prick or you're you'll find yours glued to the toilet seat <laughs> I love it I was like yep and they made plans as they were leaving MK's like well we'll make plans for Thanksgiving and the boys are like no you're not we have plans oh man Mm -hmm. so thanks morning or thanksgiving morning comes along there's lots of snow she's had no word from her dad um but she wasn't gonna reach out because fuck him right and she's like there's only two years left until i can get my inheritance Mm -hmm. and so when she goes downstairs to the kitchen that morning um her father's butler steinwick greets her so that's the first time we've met steinwick right Mm mm-hmm um, so he offers to make her coffee and she declines. She's like, no, I want my good ass fucking coffee. So Steinwalk has been in employment with her dad for five years. And honestly, the house staff, they're like ghosts. Like she knows that they're there, but she never sees them. Mm-hmm. And that's the most she'd ever spoken to him in the five right. years. That? <laughs> um, so she was freezing her ass off and all of a sudden someone places a hoodie on her. She says thanks and offers to make them coffee. And it was steel. Yep. Um, he tells her that he wants them to be okay again and he doesn't like the silent treatment and the awkwardness that's between them and when she turns around he is just in some sweats mm-hmm. <laughs> and he looks good yummy 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 so she loops her arms around his neck and tells him that she misses him and still says that it's fucked up like the whole situation with her dad and she's like i know you guys have been pulling his strings and she wants to know how and it was archer circus and they were his monkeys but she wants to know how they got him to threaten her like that and he's like no that has nothing to do with us like those threats were not us yeah um but she says or he also says that he wants to tell her everything about arch but it's his story and his secrets so Mm -hmm. if she wants to know she can ask him because he's not going to betray his trust and um he says that he owes archer his life so she doesn't want to argue but she wants everything to go back to normal and she wants her stalker to go away and he doesn't want that because then he may never see her again because right now they're like her protection yeah. you know and so it's like well if he goes away then i can't protect you <laughs> i love still i know he took me by a whirlwind in the first book so he's my first love of this one I like know. you so remember sweet. how bad i was like i think i love him more than archer which that's i was shock- shocked yeah i'm like that's shocking because you're always like bad boy 100 mm-hmm. percent. yeah but he just holds out a special little tie. little hi friend. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So then they kiss. Yes. <laughs> so cute. And it, it makes her mind go blank. <laughs> She's like, duh. <laughs> and it still asks if there's any chances that they could take the coffees upstairs to his room. Not for that. MK mm-hmm. was like, yeah, sure, you didn't want to ask me to go fuck, but... <laughs> and he said only for the warmth and that he was working on something and that he thought he could play it for MK. Ow. So they go to his room, shut the door, and they get into his bed because that's where he was already composing. And he grabs the piano and MK obviously sits next to him and he plays for her. And it showed his feelings as he hadn't played for anyone since his sister mm-hmm. died. So it was just so heartfelt. You just love Steel. Yeah. Like you just, you love all of them for their own reasons, but Steel has had so far that we know of a hard past but he's like the most I want to say like sensitive one yeah. you know yeah and that he admits that this is the first thing that he's written since his sister died as well and that he couldn't work on it when she wasn't there yeah he missed his MK yeah. and MK said are you trying to say I'm your news Max still <laughs> and he's like guess so <laughs> so when he got done he asked MK what she thought and it was incredible and that he was extremely talented he admitted that he only wrote it for her and he doesn't find the inspiration to write for himself and he wants to write her another one and mk says yes <laughs> she got all the girly emotion for him because <laughs> mk's not like that but like she has the soft spots yeah, you know yeah so as they were talking he said he was hoping for more of an enthusiastic response about it so mk gets on his fucking laugh and kisses him <laughs> like makeout session and he's like that's the response mm-hmm. i was looking for right there somebody interrupts them and still comments go away 
And it was Cody stating, <laughs> no, you're not. Or go away. I'm sleeping. And Cody's like, no, you're not. I just heard you playing. And do you have a girl in there? And they both just freeze. <laughs> and he bolted to the door before Cody could walk in, still telling him to fuck off and locking the door. This is one of my favorite I scenes. I laughed so hard. Oh, Cody's loyalty is oh, so cute. Yep. So Cody said, oh, you totally have a girl in there. I thought you were totally in, into him, Kate. And if that if you really were into her, that you wouldn't do this at all. And that he's going to tell him, okay, uh-huh. he's going to be the big, mm-hmm, I'm uh-huh. a tattling bitch. <laughs> so he told Cody, thank you for his concern. And Cody was excited to see MK punch still in the face because <laughs> angry MK turns Cody on. <laughs> still looked at MK and she took the advance and they just, she's like, he already thinks there's a girl in here. So why not? Well, yep. Okay, so she asks, or she asks if still thinks Cody's gone, and he's like, "Who cares? The door's locked." And so they start grinding, and things get hot and heavy, and <clears throat> so he tells them that they have to be quick because they have a trip today. And she's like, "Where to?" As they're like taking each other's shirts off, oh. and he's like biting her nipples, and he's oh. like, "We can discuss it after orgasms." <laughs> and she's not wearing any underwear because Steele never wears underwear, and she goes, "You're a bad influence on me, Max Steele," and I'm like. Uh, okay, so he eats her out. <laughs> Jump right into that one. And he <sighs> fucks her hard with his hand. hand I ain't even mad in my life. <laughs> Why am I turning you on? Am I making you randy, baby? Do I make you horny, baby? <laughs> okay. So she grabs his pillow to cover her mouth and she comes and she says, please tell me how condoms. I need to fill you inside me. And we're getting gruesome today. It's perfect for this gloomy Saturday afternoon to talk about sex and orgasms and hand fucking. (laughs) Okay. I'm dying. So Archer comes to the door and knocks and he's like, still get up. We got to leave in 15. And he's still fucking MK. And he's like, still, you hear me? And he tells MK, just ignore him. And Archer's like, fine by me. Oh, wait. Still says fine by me. And Archer snaps. Still, I heard you. And Steel's like, give me a fucking minute, dude. Yep. (laughs) I'm getting my dick wet with MK. (laughs) And then now it's Cody. Yep. Still, MK's missing. Blow your load and come help us look for her. He's just like, Jesus Christ, guys, I'm uh-huh. in the middle balls deep right now. Right. And so they're still fucking and she's like, how fast can you come? And he grins, flips her over and he says, coming. And she says, but not before, or he says, but not before you do. So he starts fucking her hard. And right when he spanks her, she comes. And so then Steele's finally like, okay. And Cody starts knocking again. And Steele's yep. like, okay, she probably just went downstairs and she's getting coffee. And, um, Cody tells him that she's not and he's worried because it's cold and she hasn't seen him or she hasn't taken a warm coat and he's just like so <laughs> concerned and so Steele opens the door and blocks MK from Cody and he's like yep. dude seriously you're unbelievable MK is never going to forgive you for this after everything you told me yesterday Steele and he's like chill out go check the dim I'm sure that, that she's down there she likes to go there when she can't sleep and she's mm-hmm. like how the fuck do they know that so they've been paying attention to her and he's like you need to get out now while he's downstairs so she runs to her shower and Steele plays it off and he's like see did you even check her bathroom and Cody's confused and he apologizes to Steele and <laughs> it's I just like that. so dramatic when it's freaking Steele and MK and we're fucking the whole time the whole time uh, I love it and Archer tells her he's like even if you ran away um they, I'd find you and so at this point she thinks that the, maybe the boys have planted a tracker on her yeah so MK takes her time to get ready to leave and she decide that, decides that Archer was full of shit and he just wanted to make sure she heard him thinking that he put a tracker on her. Mm-hmm. She came downstairs, she made coffee asking where they were going today. Archer commented that yes, we are going somewhere today asking how she knew that. Playing it off, she heard Cody yelling this morning, still saved her some breakfast, and that she needed to eat fast so they could leave. She asked again where, and Archer Archer told her that it was a surprise. Cody clears his throat, (laughs) staring at Still, asking if he has something to tell MK this morning. MK commented, what did you need to tell me, Max (laughs) Still?" And he was trying not to smile, stating nothing, glaring at Cody, and that he was just stirring shit. Archer glared. (laughs) 
like Arthur does. <laughs> Always. That's and, just a space. Right. Cody commented in the third person that he was not stirring shit and that there was a girl in the bathroom. Bedroom. Uh, bedroom. I don't know why I put bathroom. <laughs> and Archer was sitting there with a little glee in his eye because he's a fucker. And still said that he didn't sneak anyone out so that he was just watching porn. <laughs> Archer said, bullshit. Porn doesn't sound that good. And, <laughs> and she's just like choking on her food. <laughs> she's like so hard not to laugh. And she cleared her, f- she clears it. Everyone was staring at her with anger and worry with heated desire, realizing that they saw her scar. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, because her shirt rose up. So, MK asked Steele if she was a better lay than her. Steele looked turned on, stating that no one is better looking, better than her Hellcat. <laughs> Archer got pissed and just said he's going to the truck and put the bags in it. Cody was watching her suspicious, suspiciously. And that she is being really chill this morning and packed for cold and not fancy. As Cody turned his back, still hurried and kissed MK and slapped her on her ass, which, of course, Cody heard saying, you motherfucker, I knew I recognized those moans. I laughed so fucking hard. I'm just like, oh, my God, these two. I love it. Yep. So they shpacked bag, get in the truck, still kissed her, and she got in the back seat, but Cody hurried and got into the back seat with her, so still couldn't sit with her. <laughs> He's like, you fucker. And she asked if they were going to tell poor, clueless Madison Kate where they were going. And she could see Archer's lip pull up, which made her wait a few minutes. And later responded that they were visiting the Dath family estate. Oof. Yeah. So and not to worry, because Zane's not going to be there. Yeah, because he's not. He hasn't been there in ages. Yeah, he's not allowed there. Yeah. So MK falls asleep on Cody. And when she wakes up, they have arrived. But the front of the car was empty. And she's <laughs> like, you could have woken me up. And he's like, your head was in my crotch. I wasn't moving in an inch until <laughs> you woke up. Like, sorry. <laughs> um, and so she didn't think that the boys had grown up in nice homes because of their, like, their kind of gang backgrounds right. and stuff and but this mansion's absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. so they go inside and the housekeeper anna greets cody and she introduces herself to mk and takes him to the sitting room um, madam constance is sitting there she's an advanced age but she was absolutely gorgeous um so archer and madame constance they look very similar and archer introduces her as his grandmother and she tells archer to go get mk a drink and he says mk hates it when i do things for her and mk starts to go towards the bar when his grandma smacks the <laughs> shit out of it i'm like yes <laughs> so he stands up and goes over to the bar with mk and she tells him that his grandma seems lovely and so does the housekeeper and this is when he tells her that anna was purchased by his great-grandfather when she was a teenager from sex trafficking and anna and constance are lovers but they refuse to admit it due to the stigma around it back in the day and he's tried to convince her like grandma like this is mm-hmm. the new age like it's totally fine and she's just like nope nope she's stubborn and denies it every single time mm-hmm. so constance wants to know more about mk so when dinner's ready they start walking into the dining room but archer holds her back and he says i know you're up to something but don't do it and she barks back because they always do that Mm -hmm. Um, they go into the dining room and he has completely ruined her mood by being a prick and she had no intentions to fuck with him today she was genuinely enjoying his grandma's company and still asks if mk is okay and holds her hand under the table and she says yeah she's just tired um, Constance clears her throats, clears her throat and tells him she's happy to have them there and MK will fit in with their family perfectly. And it's not every day that Archer's met his match and Archer chokes on his drink and Constance is like, oh, knock it off. Everybody eat. So then they eat dinner. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I know. So after dinner, Constance went to bed and MK asked Archer when he was going to tell her why they were there. Mm-hmm. Because obviously there's an ulterior motive. Yeah. Because it's Archer. And Cody got still out of the room saying, let's go look at cars and see if she has all of those old, I can't remember what it was. I can't either. But anyways, and he was like, maybe she sold it and still just. He's like, no. No, she can't steal. (laughs) She can't sell that. So Archer said, no, that they have business to discuss about Phillip's knives because mm-hmm. he, they asked if MK wanted to go and he said that. I went backwards. Sorry. You're okay. She asked if they were going to discuss this and that she was not really in the mood. Like, did he really have anything to show her or was he just worried that MK would talk Cody and still into a three-way in the back of his mother, <laughs> grandmother's Rolls Royce? Um... 
So Archer said it wouldn't take much, and MK called him a cunt blocker, and I loved it. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I love it. Love it, love it. So Archer smiled at MK, though. I know, that I was, was like, huge. I know, she loved it. She asked, what do you want from me, Dath? And he got up, pinned her to the couch, and said that there are a lot of things that he wanted from her and calling her Kate again. Mm-hmm. He says, ask again and I'll show you. Yep. <laughs> I was like, I'll, I'll do it. I volunteer as tribute. So they, he said he had something to show her. They left the room and he pulled an old fashioned key and opened a door into a dark room. The room looked like it hadn't been touched in years. Yeah, it was like all dusty. <laughs> Nasty. Nasty. Archer turned the lights and in an, they were in an office and MK realized that it was his grandfather Phillips mm-hmm. office at this point. Archer explains that his grandfather died six years before and that he, there was a picture, a portrait of him. Um, he pulled the frame off the wall showing that there was a safe behind it. And Archer wasn't breaking in since he owned it. Yeah. And he let MK see the coat, which was a huge thing right? for Right? That's Archer. like trusting. Yeah. And he doesn't trust her, so. Yeah. Um, but it opened a secret room. Mm-hmm. So the whole room was lined with guns, knives, even a fucking bazooka. <laughs> I was like, all right. I guess that's really how big into this gang we are. Oh, yeah. You know? And so Archer kind of starts telling the story that with Anna, and this is how his great-grandfather... Gregoric, is that how you say it? Yeah. Okay. Purchased her, and that he was a crooked man selling guns, sex trafficking, and one of the most crooked men that he's ever known in his mm-hmm. life. She asked if his grandfather was like that, and he said no, he was far from it. So there's a plus. And that he loathed that his grand great grandfather was that way, like Archer's grandpa to his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his grandfather enlisted as soon as he could, meeting Constance on a higher job title. Long story short, him and Constance got married. She got pregnant after, and he was worried that his father would find out about his marriage and a child. So Philip did what any decent person would do, went home at Christmas and shot his father in the head. <laughs> Is that what a decent person would do? <laughs> That's what, I mean... He I was protecting his wife yeah, and his I'm baby. Like, I don't blame him. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be a person to go and mm-hmm. kill somebody, but whatever. Yeah. And the rest was history. Philip's past haunted him and shaped his mind into horror and all this time in his service. So he moved Constance and Anna into the mansion to try to start over. And while Archer's talking, he pulls open the do- a door revealing... No, it's a drawer. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Revealing... All the butter, butter knives. My God, butter knives. Yes. Why am I struggling? And then he pulled out some toast, and yeah. he's like, "Let's have toast, bitch." <laughs> Baby, I can butter your bread. I'll butter your bread. Do you like your muffin buttered? <laughs> Jesus, at least we can make fun of it. Butterfly knives. I got it. Um, and he made it his mission to save kids going down a bad path, and he put his methods in his own way. Mm-hmm. And both his sons ran away from home, starting their own gangs, trying to follow in their granddad's ways. This is where Ferryman, which is the race leader, which is Archer's uncle, and Damien, right? Yeah. Is the, re- the Reapers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's what happened. That's how the gangs have gotten started. And that he and Damien turned their backs on Philip and Constance for a good reason until Zane was old enough. Philip saw a way to fix, to try and fix the relationships. Mm-hmm. And at this point, MK's like, why are you telling me all of this? And Archer comes and like cages her in against the wall and said that he doesn't know maybe it was a test. And I'm just like, here we go. Um, and would she use this against him in her quest and vengeance? And she says, maybe, depends on how bad you piss me off. And MK asked Archer what he wanted from her. And his ice blue eyes heated and Archer kissed her passionately. And then she was bold for doing that though. <laughs> yeah. And then he wrenched himself away. Pussy. And, right. Pussy. <laughs> and MK asked, what in the actual fuck is your problem with you either want me or not? And mm-hmm. his mood things are getting too much for her mental capacity. And he laughed and told her to go to bed because he doesn't fuck desperate chicks. Oh, and MK being disappointed, telling him, screw you, that you are a damaged piece of shit and he doesn't deserve her. And leaving the room as soon as she hit the staircase, she Ugh. cried. 
he makes her cry so much. It's bullshit. Asshole. Asshole. Yeah. Okay, so she struggles to sleep that night, and she calls Bree in the morning to bitch about Archer, and Bree suggests to sneak into Archer's room to super glue his nuts to his leg. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, not a bad idea, Bree. Not a bad idea. Right. So in the morning, Steele knocks on her door and invites her to go for a walk, and she agrees. Um, He pulls her into a kiss, and he was like, she asks, what was that for? And he's like, do I need a reason to kiss you? And... I love it. I do too. So Cody walks in and tells her um, there's a thing called sharing. <laughs> I died. <laughs> there's a lot of like hinting at the RH in this yes. book. Yes. Um, so they go in, down for breakfast um, or he invites them to go down for breakfast, but she says that they're going for a walk. Um, Cody tells him that he's dumb because she hasn't had her coffee yet. And she's like, mm, that's that's pretty fair, babe. I should probably should have some coffee first, which I relate to that on every level. Right. <laughs> so they go down for breakfast and still asks Archer if he told her about the butterfly knives. And she says, not really. She learned that Cody's studying sports therapy and he tells her that he goes to his clients houses for training because she was wondering she's like well no one ever comes to the house so like are you even successful like (laughs) um so that's when Archer walks in and of course he has a scowl on his face and he slams something on the table in front of her and it's her own knife I know and she's like what the fuck is this for and Cody and Still are like surprised Mm -hmm. and he says you're the walking definition of a victim (laughs) she's like I appreciate the gesture but I don't want it and he's like you're gonna fucking keep it and try not to stab yourself on accident before Cody teaches you how to use it and he storms out and Cody's like what the fuck happened between you two last night Mm -hmm. and Steele's like he's never gifted anyone one of his grandfather grandfather's knives before and so she feels like all warm and fuzzy over it right and Cody's like okay well we can train that day with a knife and he asks her if she has something else in mind and she says maybe later and Cody's like yes (laughs) yep I just was like, oh my god. And I think they high five at that point. Oh yeah. Too. Yeah. They're them and their fucking high fives, I know. dude. Um so they stayed at this this day all weekend, but they had to be home Monday morning for exams. And so as they were leaving, MK stayed behind a little minute and said it was great meeting Connie, which is Constance. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was great meeting her. And Constance says that it was great meeting the woman in her boys' life. And MK told her that her grandson loves her more than MK thought and that he just wants her to be comfortable. Like, let your relationship out. Like, they love you. And so as she went to get in the back seat, she realized it was full. Archer commented that the boys were fighting. He was going to sit next to her, so she needed to ride in the front seat. So MK's trying to make talk on the way home if they all have exams, blah, blah, blah. And Cody was like, I'm confident in mindset. And Still's like, I don't know what he wanted to do with his degree. Like, he's kind of like lost, a lost little puppy. She turned to Archer asking if he had exams. And he came back asking why does she care unless she's going to use it against him. Like, how would that? Right. Like, I don't get it. Okay. And she's like, (laughs) she's like, I was just trying to make conversation. So as Archer, the douche fuck that he is, just turns up the music and they drove with loud music. Nothing to talk about. Yeah. So about an hour into the drive, Cody and Steele were complaining. We're so hungry. Mm. So they go to a small diner and Steele pulled MK closer. And Archer said, well, I guess you guys made up. Archer glaring at MK stating, I didn't take you two for sharing your guys. And she didn't hear still getting his socks off with some girl. And it sounded like she was having fun, grinning like a fuck. And that her standards were lower than he thought. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She agreed. My standards are lower since she let him kiss her and Cody was snickering. (laughs) And MK threw it back that the girl with Steel was having a lot of fun, leaning into Steel kissing his neck. Double orgasm fun. Yeah. Archer glared at Steel and said, fuck you, dude, just because you have the bluest balls in history. (laughs) And Cody jumped in stating, no, that's me. (laughs) And MK said she was going to the bathroom for a fresh air to get away from the big dick energy Mm -hmm. in the restroom obviously she does her business as she's washing her hands no as she's peeing she heard somebody else come in yeah but didn't think anything of it right so as she's washing going to wash her hands she sees motion and all of a sudden a masked man grabbed her and he's choking her lifting her off the ground thinking fast she shoved him back and but he carried her so like she's struggling in the bathroom with this dude and she heard archer's voice in her head saying that she's a victim oh did that fucking work because she got pissed off and pulled her butterfly knife out stabbing the dude blindly but she could hear him screaming 
um, and yelling, which at this point, MK got free, screamed. All three boys fucking rushed of into course. this. Yeah. And they're like, what the fuck happened? They noticed MK, that there is blood. What she explained, it's not her. She stabbed the guy. And MK let him know that he had her knife. And Archer's like, well, just get you a new one. And she's like, I don't want a new one. I want my fucking knife. I want that one. Yep. It's kind of bratty, but it was. Like, it's fine. <laughs> but it's like sentimental. You yeah. Know? You just lost the one thing that Archer was nice about. Yeah. Um, And so... Archer took Stale with him and told Cody to get her home. Mm-hmm. So they're waiting for an Uber, and Cody's just like holding onto her with, and they're eating like cake. I think he ordered the whole meal. Yeah, it's so cute. <laughs> and MK was like, she doesn't need to be babied, but Cody's like, just, he likes taking care of her. Mm-hmm. They love her, but they don't admit it. You know I what I mean? So, um, he explained that her screams make her feel like a heart attack and an aneurysm all in one. <laughs> Cody looked at the security system. No luck. This guy avoided it. And MK miss- kissed Cody as she realized that he truthfully did care and that he was mean. All right, smut sluts. So that will be the end of part one. Part two will be releasing on August 19th. So please stay tuned for that. Alrighty. And we will keep you updated for our upcoming episodes on our Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. So give us a follow at smutsluts.bookpodcast. Jesus, that tongue tied me. (laughs) Um, And again, next time we'll be reviewing part two of Liar by Tate James, which is the second one in the Madison Kate series. Also, we do have a YouTube channel if you want to watch us interact while we record our episode you can subscribe to our channel at smutsluts.bookpodcast no spacing just one word and thank you guys so much for listening keep it kinky smut sluts we'll see you next time smuts.